0: Welcome to Talk Time. Today we have the wonderful Sabrine, and we're going to be talking about being a woman of color CEO and starting your own business. So before we dive right in, Sabrine, why don't you introduce yourself?
1: Um, okay, hi, I'm Sabrine, and as you can probably tell from my accent, I'm from the UK, but uh, my family is originally from Bangladesh, um, and I set up PM Media in 2018 and so i've just been doing that for about two and a half years and peer media is my business it's a digital marketing agency which i set up um yeah just over two and a half years ago now
0: (laughs) great so we're gonna dive right in so how if you had to choose three words to describe being a woman of color ceo position and starting your own business what three words would you choose
1: um so I'm not sure if these words would you know, apply specifically to being a woman of colour. I think anybody who sets up a business will probably feel this way. But I would definitely say the first word is challenging. It's been challenging um, in so many different ways that I didn't even expect. Like A lot of people talk about how it's hard work, but I think for me it has been challenging um, in ways that nobody ever really talks about and I actually wrote an article about this a couple of months ago about you know the painful lessons I learned in my first two years of business because um yeah they were just things that nobody talks about like kind of feeling unsupported by your friends and family because they just don't get it and things like that um and then and the what I would probably pick is um affirming because I think since starting this I have realized that I do have the skills for it and you know I am able to learn the things that I don't have the skills in so it's been quite good to like affirm my own capabilities and I think that's probably how a lot of people feel as well It's it's definitely a roller coaster of you know I can't, can't do this and then like oh my god I can't do this but yeah the, the good moments kind of um, hopefully end up outweighing the bad moments um, and then the third word which i think some of everything i've said already as well is just emotional it's very emotional um whether that's you know exciting or scary or you know like that high when things are going well and you're like oh yeah like let's let's carry on doing this and everything is definitely an emotional journey mm-hmm.
0: so speaking of challenges what do you think some are of the biggest challenges you have to face starting your own business and kind of being the ringleader of every single decision you had to make.
1: Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head. I think one of the biggest challenges is, um, I think it's internal, it's that kind of having to find some way to believe in yourself enough to make those big decisions and take on all of that responsibility. And then the weight of that responsibility as well, Um, you know, whether it's, just you by yourself making all these decisions or whether you have a team that you're managing like earlier this year i just had my first you know a team of interns that i was managing and that was a really new experience for me so figuring out how to delegate the work that i've been so protective over for the past two years and um yeah so i think challenges are usually uh for anybody but i think especially for uh people who don't have that kind of support network in their daily life of people who are already running their own businesses um and, and if you look at the statistics recently it seems that a lot of women of color are starting their own businesses and a lot of the new businesses and new startups that are happening are being founded by women of color but you don't see that reflected in the news coverage or in the you know top you know statistics and things like that of like the fortune 500 that lack of representation is still not there so having a support system around you and having um or not having that support system and not having that understanding in your day-to-day life especially you know coming from south asian background if your family aren't you know already in business they are often quite hesitant to um Allow you to, already, to to go into business because it's like, oh, you know, is it a secure job? Is it, you know, wouldn't it be better to get a good job that already exists rather than creating your own and that kind of thing? So I think having to deal with that level of uh, uncertainty and lack of, I wouldn't say it's lack of confidence, but lack of understanding from your friends and family can be very challenging, especially when you need that understanding in, you know, one of your little moments.
0: I 100% agree, and I think with immigrant families too, it's a little bit harder to kind of remove that roadblock. Like if you know a child comes to uh, an immigrant mother saying, "Like I want to start my own business," and the only thing they can really think about is like financials. Like where's your financial stability? Like what happens if something goes exactly. wrong? like what are you gonna do? So I think that's always Mm -hmm. something that's kind of ingrained in us, like get your education first and then whatever you wanna do, you can do after cause then you always have that college education to kind of like fall back on. But Mm -hmm. I think, and that we also need to have that kind of like self-determination that, you know, like if I don't wanna go to college, I wanna start my own business because I have to like push through that roadblock and hopefully, by the end of it, our parents definitely will be understanding enough to be like, okay, I want to help you pursue this.
1: Exactly. And I think, you know, because we're speaking as women of color as well, not just people of color, like we we face another strand of pressure, which is about marriage pressure as well. And that idea of like, you know, why are you spending all of this time working when you, know, you should be thinking about getting married and all those kinds of things? Um, right. And Uh, and in my early months or like you know first couple couple of years that was definitely something that I think my parents were worried about they were like you know when's she gonna get married I got married a few months ago so that's not a stress for them anymore but it was just definitely kind of like what is she doing why is she wasting her time in her bedroom on her laptop all the time when she should be you know thinking about you know starting her own like marriage and family and everything and I think that deprivation prioritization of women's careers um because of this whole like idea and I think it is cross cultures as well this idea that women have a better can they be focusing on other things rather than a career I think it's so misleading because it puts women at a disadvantage automatically of you know um this time pressure that their male counterparts don't have and this idea that they're not where they're supposed to be as well like nobody questions a man who wants to set up a business and you know it's celebrated whereas if a woman's doing it it's like well you know she's being a little bit audacious by trying that and I think that's something that can be really damaging because even if you reject that social idea it's still there it's still around you and it's still kind of probably seeps in as well subconsciously so yeah yeah
0: i think it's inspiring that you're like doing that you have your own business and you know and you got your first interns. like that's amazing that's such a huge milestone in the first years and it's Mm -hmm. your inspiration to all the brown girls who are so hesitant of you know Mm -hmm. stepping out of the comfort zone stepping out of that little box that we kind of put in and i applaud you Mm -hmm. so thank you
1: Thank you. That means so much. That's definitely a huge fraction why I decided to set up PI Media in the first place. Like it's all like from the beginning to the end, it's all about representation for people of colour and especially for women of colour. So um just you know, because it's a digital marketing agency that focuses on supporting brands founded by people of color whether that's you know creative brands like musicians or dancers or bloggers or whether it's businesses and um, I've you know had a huge range of clients but the one thing that they all have in common is that they are people of color who want to use their platform for something positive you know they want to create a good you know social impact so I've had you know vegan catering businesses or you um, like mental health advocates and so on and I think it's been really cool for me to be a part of their journeys and seeing all of the things that they're doing because it shows that there are people of colour doing all of these alternative careers or you know making it paths and and in my own small way I'm helping them to do that which is really cool but I think uh, another side of it was also just proving that Women like me, you know, people like me who don't have a background in business or don't have, you know, huge funding and um, investment opportunities and things like that can still do this and can claim that financial and time freedom for themselves by being their own boss. And I think that's something that like, my whole family work in the public sector. They're all like either teachers or they work for the NHS or, um, you know, I think 99% of them (laughs) have all worked in the public sector and so that was always kind of a given that um, that's you know there as an option as a career and I really respect that the work that they do but for me second after I graduated was in education charities and I loved the work that I was doing I always thought I was going to go into the education world or you know the non-profit world because um that was just always something that I was drawn to from a young age and I never actually planned to go into either business or marketing um that was always all by accident but I mean I enjoyed the journey that I'm on now but it was all definitely like not planned at the time it was like just one <laughs> step in front of the other and right. um and, and and yeah so for me uh the fact that all of these alternative careers are out there and we just don't know about them and don't talk about them. I think it's quite cool. And this um, podcast as well is really cool as an opportunity to discuss all of these different paths that people do. I think it's really interesting. Like I've, I was watching a few of your <laughs> previous episodes and it's just interesting to see all these different conversations from different people, different you know parts of the world and everything. And I think, um, again, <laughs> relating it back to my work, The power of social media and the power of the internet and and, and connecting on like online platforms and things like that. I think it's a really cool age to be able to have these discussions from, you know, all the way across the world (laughs) with our cups of tea and everything.
0: Yes, and shout out to Ronnie Circle. That's how we Mm -hmm. kind of connected. And if you don't know, Ronnie Circle is kind of like this. Collaborative. um, I don't know how to describe it. Like... Just
1: it's like a startup social platform app.
0: Yeah, for South Asian ladies. That's how we met, which is right here. <laughs> it's yeah. What's your favorite aspect of digital marketing? Like, what do you like doing the most?
1: Um, yeah, I think actually, like you said, digital marketing is so broad. It can be anything from web design and uh, to social media to like all the kind of tech- technical stuff behind the scenes like coding and things or the creative stuff like content creation whether that's videos or like you know images and things like that so I think um, overall the thing that I enjoy the most about my job is the fact that I'm helping people and that's always something that I wanted to do and it looks a little bit differently from how I imagined it to be I really like connecting with these clients who have these really cool ideas but just don't know how to execute it or how to grow it you know a lot of them are just starting out but a few of them have been around for a few years and they're just not sure about how to take it to the next level and so that's a different challenge for me because it's about working with people who already know in theory what to do and so I have to figure out what I can teach them on top of that and so it's kind of combining I guess the like charity background and the teaching background but it's also <laughs> doing it in my own way of the, of the marketing and I think yeah my favorite part of it has definitely been the connecting with different people who are doing really cool stuff and then just following their work you know as a fan rather than you know as someone that they've hired to help them and um seeing how they grow over time as well like even after i've wrapped up my work with them and a few of my clients have you know become close friends after working with them and things like that so it's really nice and um yeah and also connecting with people all across the world because it's not a geography restricted career which is also part of the reason why i chose it like yourself i love traveling and before covid i used to travel quite a lot and so i wanted a job that i could kind of take with me um so in 2019 i went back to bangladesh for the first time since i was like five years old and stayed there for a few months or a couple of months Um, and I was working while I was out there which was pretty cool so it meant I didn't have to kind of like worry about what the the business was doing without me and that kind of thing. Um, And yeah so I have like clients in Australia and in California and you know Denmark and all these kinds of different places yeah exactly. (laughs) So, yeah, I think that definitely like the connections I've made since starting PM Media has been my favorite part.
0: Do you have any that come to mind when you think of women of color CEOs and what um, are some of the brands that you really connect with?
1: Um, That's a really good question, actually. So in terms of CEOs that I really look up to, a lot of the um so as i mentioned before i don't really have a formal background in marketing so a lot of the marketing know-how i've learned from other people online or you know um through networks and things like that and um one woman that i followed a lot and has taught me a lot um her name her name's cc gun and she actually died a few months ago from a, a long battle with cancer but she set up her business um, it was a kind of brand consultancy, marketing consultancy, um, and also offering really help, um, mainly black women, but basically all women who want to set up their own business. And um, she set that up when she was first diagnosed with cancer because she knew that her, her own work wouldn't be able to cover the insurance and everything and uh, her insurance wouldn't be able to cover all of the uh, treatment and so she wanted to be able to earn money while she was going through chemo so she set up her whole business while she was doing that and she was called the the six-figure chick Um, and uh, since she died her family have carried on her legacy but she helped thousands and thousands of women um, through you know resources courses things like that and I actually paid tribute to her on my PM media account when I found out that she died because she definitely had a huge impact for me um, and just knowing that I could do that and so yeah definitely one of the top ones and then because we were talking about presentation before as well like um, I really love how Viola Day, a lot of people know her as an actress um, and she's a phenomenal actress but she also um, set up a production studio with her husband um, I think it was a couple of years ago now And that's all about creating films and, I think, TV series as well um, that centre people of colour and black people and their stories and their voices. And I think that's such a powerful move to do, you know. You know you've made it as an actress when you can just set up your own, like, production studio and be like, yeah, like, I'm going to make the films that I want to be in now. I want to make the films that I want to see on screen because we need more of that. So, yeah, and because the media, like, began with just like mainly creative clients it was all about representation in the media industry at all levels you know behind the screen behind the camera all of that kind of thing Um, and so for Viola Davis to do something like that I thought it was pretty cool move
0: (laughs) the last question that I think is really important especially um, being women of color like what steps do you think leaders should take to have more women women and women of color in higher leadership roles because I was reading this report um, called women in the workplace uh, for 2020 and it talks about yes there's a lot of women in like managed managerial roles but as you kind of climb up the ladder there's less and less representation and especially by right. 45- com- countries companies I don't know if it's similar in the uh, UK but in the US like the representation is so, so small. And yeah. we're, I think companies are trying to take more steps like, oh, we're talking about diversity and inclusion, but that number is definitely not as reflected as much as I think a lot of myself and my peers would have liked. So, um, yeah. as CEO and as a woman of color, like, what do you think people should be doing to kind of elevate and increase that number so there's a lot more representation
1: um yeah no i completely uh agree with you like there's definitely not as much representation as any of us would like to see um and i think it's interesting the point that you mentioned about how they're in managerial positions but then when it gets above that, that's where the drop off is. And I think there are a couple of reasons for that from both directions. So one of the those directions is, as I mentioned before, like it takes time to get to those levels. And by that point, people may be, you know, like uh, either being pressured by like, themselves or society or whatever to drop off and have more of a work-life balance and like maybe start a family or that, that kind of thing and I think Cheryl Sandberg in her book Lee Morning talks about this this idea that women take them, set their own foot off the pedal and they think you know I'm planning to start a family in five years so I'm not going to go for that promotion or I'm not going to you know uh, volunteer to lead that project which will get me that next promotion because they've already got that um, mindset of um, I won't have the time later on they don't go for it now which means that they don't have anything to come back to when they do decide to you know go back into their careers and that's something that I think um, may have like historically been more of an issue but now I, I think that there's the from the opposite direction where employers assume that that's what you're going to do so they don't give you the same um, opportunities or they don't give you the same uh, promotions and things that they would give to a male counterpart because they assume that you're going to be leaving to to do your own thing for a few years and that kind of thing which you know that's straight up bias it is biased bias towards you because um, of your gender but I think There's also something to be said about just going for it and like not um, there's always going to be institutional discrimination and there's going to be bias and there will be obstacles that you have to face in any workplace, whether it's corporate or nonprofit or creative or, you know, any workplace. Everybody that I know has had some kind of situation where they've questioned themselves because they were a woman of colour. Uh, in their workplace, and it's not that they're necessarily questioning themselves, but they have felt like people around them are also questioning them, whether it's their capabilities or their you know <laughs> even even though they're they're qualified women and they're good at their job, there's a kind of assumption that they can only do so well, and then that's their limit. and they, and because of that mentality, it wears people down even the most talented people can get worn down by that so I would say one of the things that I think helps is having your cheerleader team like in your own friends and family who will encourage you even when you're questioning yourself to be like no you have to do that like today I just found out that my sister got accepted onto a PhD program and she was totally questioning herself even though she was super qualified and it was because me my other sister my mum were like no you have to apply for it that she went for it and I think it's that kind of like you need to have people who won't let you question yourself because they know know how great you are and I I know for a lot of people they don't necessarily have that in their real life but I found that I mean I do definitely have amazing friends and family but when it's the entrepreneur journey and like starting your own business I don't really have anybody in my own day-to-day life who knows what that's like so I joined online Facebook groups that were centered around that and there are so many um, in any industry that you want to talk about and I think one of the most valuable pieces of advice that I was given when I set up my business was define what success means to you rather than just what success means generally to other people. Like success doesn't have to be, you know, a million pounds or dollars or, you know, like it can be having a lifestyle where you can take time off to spend time with family and still, you know, have a comfortable lifestyle and that kind of thing. So I think, um, yeah rather than falling again falling into that comparison game just defining your own success and your own um goals and working towards those and kind of putting out that comparison noise is has definitely helped me because i'd be so much more stressed out in my life if i was looking over my shoulder and seeing what people were doing
0: yeah i'm definitely going to take that advice because it's it's definitely harder to um do the actions and then just say like, I can just say like, I'm not gonna compare myself anymore, but that action is just so hard because once you've conditioned to do that, it's so hard to like let go of that habit in a way. And yeah. it's all about small steps. So yeah. I'm definitely gonna take that take that advice and not compare myself and not compare success because mm-hmm. as I mentioned, success is defined in a million ways. And yours and mine definitely of uh, success might differ greatly and that's
1: okay and yeah exactly and also another thing is that what we see when people succeed we're only seeing the end result we're not seeing all of the hours that went into the work behind the scenes and um, I was in this uh, webinar earlier this week or last week where the woman leading the session um, gave the example of a bamboo shoot which Uh, apparently needs five years to be watered in the ground before it even shows like you know before it even breaks through the soil and then you know once it's reached sunlight then it only needs five weeks to shoot up super tall so we only see the bamboo shoot once it's already coming to the earth but we don't see all the five years of work that goes on behind the scenes and it's the same for us like we need to keep doing those small daily actions every day in order to work towards that goal and then when those actions pay off it it happens but it's an accumulation of all of the work that's gone before that it's not just that you suddenly have this spontaneous breakthrough so i think i think that is something i still have to remember but definitely <laughs> definitely like it's it's i'm seeing the results of things that i did 2 or 3 years ago now and i'm realizing that all of the knowledge that i've accumulated over time is paying off now and i can only imagine what it will be like in 10 20 years um, so I, I still have to remind myself of this, and I'd anybody who is going through the same thing of like, you know, I'm not doing it fast enough. I'm not getting results fast enough. Like, it's okay. Just keep going, and you can't even predict when it will actually pay off, but it will. Will.
0: Mm-hmm. That, you know, that actually was gonna be your next nice question, anyways. Like, what advice would you give? But I think you yeah. <laughs> handled everything so. <laughs>
1: yeah like if anybody does want to set up their own business or wants any advice or anything then feel free to reach out to me um, either on my personal account or business account because yeah I'm all for people like taking the plunge and doing that passion project that they've been sitting on for years and years and haven't you know believed in believe that they can do but like 100% of the time once people actually take the plunge I think you've probably felt the same way where you're like why did I wait so long to do this I because did. actually I'm enjoying it so much <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's always the that's the biggest thing I'm like wow it's not as scary as I actually thought it was going to be it is still scary uh, just like the entire mm-hmm. process and I still get nervous on camera even though this is you know I've done it a few times but I'm like dang I wish I started this sooner <laughs>
1: Exactly. I had a great time today. Thank you for having me. Yeah.
0: Thank you for coming on. I'm, this was such a great episode. I loved our conversations, and I honestly love that we were able to like create two or three different conversations within one. So I love how we were able Definitely. to do that. I feel
1: like we so many things. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, that was all. Thank you again so much sabrine for joining me taking the time out to have this conversation with me and thank you thank you
1: (laughs) thank you for having me and um yeah i can't wait to catch up with you again soon (laughs)